Welcome back to part 2 of episode 10 with Sarabjeet. We were speaking of the science of personal mastery in part 1 and I think we invested in a generous definition of personal mastery and I think that landed us in a good place. Sir, when you sent me, you know, that email introduction, what I found was you spoke about designing learning journeys as opposed to designing trainings and designing workshops. and i found that one not just refreshing but i also realized that there's going to be a certain kind of uniqueness to this conversation itself and i think from the part 1 when we discussed everything about personal mastery and, and an attempt to define it i was very curious when you design journeys for young people and for adults are they designed through different lenses is the formula different or nothing really changes Thanks thanks for that question. It's often considered as if they're the same but they're far from it actually. And the reason is again because a lot of people are stuck in the what. The tools may look similar. Right? I may run a learning style with an adult and a learning styles inventory with a child as well. However, the reasons of wh- or how we got there are very very different. What's important to keep in mind is that like you said it's not a training, it is a journey. And when we're doing training, we're trying to build a skill specifically. However, a journey looks slightly different, which means that as a facilitator, my role is to create an experience. But once that experience is in process, it's going on. The participant picks up a lot of stuff along the way. It's like you're on a hike, right? And you may look to the left, and the picture is very different. And another participant may look to the right, and the picture is very different, right? It's still the same experience. We're all going for a hike now. as a facilitator what's important for me is to be able to create opportunities for people to look where they need to look even though the what of it the tools being used are similar for adults and younger children the journey itself is really really different and not just between between children and adults it's actually different between any two sets of you know journeys to between two adult journeys or between two children's journeys because even the theory of it the group development theory will tell you that you pull out one person out of a group that is you know cohesive in nature it's been working together even if they've had conflicts you pull one person out it changes the chemistry you put a new person in it completely changes the chemistry happens to us all the time in a workspace happens to educators in a school a new teacher joins it changes things and your teacher joins another department changes things right it happens to us in a family you have a new member in the family whether it's by marriage or by birth it completely changes the entire system right so that's equally true for any journey that you design for a training it may not because the objective is to deliver a predefined outcome and hence the difference i'm drawing between the two is i generally used to find it harder working with adults because corporates typically would come in even schools for that matter would come in with a predefined objective which is also i think a very small part of the story that may have been seen or what's really needed what's really important for me is to actually create experiences and mirroring opportunities for the participant not for the hr or the school administration or so on and so forth whatever it is they need delivered and by they i mean the administration that'll get delivered anyway that in a sense for me is the byproduct so the journeys are very very different the tools may look similar between the two so they are designed very differently 
and of course i stay with this rule that we a lot of us were taught design to death and throw it out the moment you start the journey because it's really really important i think for that space to be theirs not mine and the moment i make it that their space the whole piece around being open enough to share what they need to share or to say what they need to so from a personal mastery perspective it is not only important to know who i am as a person for those participant to know that it's also important for them to know what they currently let's say do not possess or do not have whether that is a skill or that is a behavior trait and the difference between how training is typically looked at is find what's missing and fill the gap personal mastery it is not about filling gaps it's on the contrary it's on saying these are my strengths and i'm going to continue to stand on those strengths and human beings don't grow like spears they grow like circles like an amoeba does which means when they start to grow they also touch spaces that they didn't really like that much so to say so they do at least touch those surfaces that they were either avoiding or just said that i'm not good at this so it starts to come into the purview as we grow as a human being as a person as a whole and not just as an educator or a manager or you know that singular role objective growth is not what personal mastery does so the journey is very very different and it's unique for every group understood i'm also interested to understand then therefore what is the starting point of this conversation you know for anybody who's exploring the world of science or you know the personal mastery because we know that in trainings or you know one is looking at outcomes and outputs right so what is the starting point of a conversation like this so it does an individual just say i want to go on this exploratory journey or what's the starting point interesting so it kind of depends on which door the person comes into so just imagine this to be this really big hall that has like 25 different doors and somebody would walk in from the door of counseling let's say and say that uh, hi sarab and i need counseling or my my child needs counseling whichever way depending on who the instigator of this piece is another uh, door is this training door where corporates would come in and say so for instance there is a journey that i am on right now which is all about or supposed to be about let me put it this way about accountability and responsibility and the interesting part about accountability is that most of the training around accountability actually needs to happen one level up most times people are not accountable for, or don't want to take on responsibility has less to do with them more to do with what happens when they did or what happened when they did which is about the higher next higher level however that is how the system per se works so people could walk in from any of the doors it could be the education space it could be the training space it could be the counseling space the first piece that that does happen is regardless of how you came in it is the in a sense the appreciative inquiry is is probably the opening piece that really happens is for me to try and understand okay great we know who sent you here and what their reasons were why are you here and that piece is really important for me to start to design that journey and this is a dynamic piece so if let's say even in a counseling piece or the educators 30 educators that i'm working with right now if somebody were to tell me that give me a day by day plan of what you're going to do and this happens a lot right because when you're putting a proposal in there and someone say okay please tell us what you're going to do in the next 10 session and i understand that you can't just say i'm going to run 10 sessions which are 90 minutes each pay me such much money doesn't work like that 
you have to put it in an excel sheet or saying this day this time this topic with a very nice small font size 10 kind of thing that says this is just the plan it may completely change depending on what's happening in the group so for me they are always dynamic in nature but they will always start with something that talks about knowing a little bit about yourself in a very initial stage which stays away from emotion and stays closer to thought is just easier for a person to share thought you know as in the mind piece rather than the the analytical piece more than the emotion piece and of course we are working towards the emotion piece to start coming out because that is where intrinsic motivation kind of comes from and speaking of intrinsic motivation i would go back to that comment that you made in the previous episode which is teaching is a creative profession and teachers are therefore creative professionals and individuals and the world of teacher training and teacher capacity building looks at their skills you know and looks at resources there's a lot of dialogue going on around infrastructural issues especially you know after covid-19 hit and all of that and you spoke about how i think your comment was where we have to emphasize on is intrinsic motivation mm-hmm. so i'm very curious how does this conversation affect that especially if somebody who's looking at a group of really passionate educators very well meaning great intentions very hard working gritty all of that and they want to say you know i want to create this kind of an experience for them could you speak a little bit about that sure great question and i think like most other things probably better told through a story at least for me sure sure so covid hit and now we've got school shutting down and obviously they need to start back up children are suffering as far as the education space is concerned so everybody wants to go online and now there is this sudden rush into train the teachers how to get on to zoom or whatever it is google classrooms or google meet and blah blah whatever other software and so we ended up doing when i was working i mean the schools that i work with for this one particular school that we did we did a lot of surveys with them to try and understand what softwares do they know what do they need to know and we came up with these rankings of saying okay this is what an expert would look like this person can teach other teachers these are the softwares they know and in the in the process of doing these surveys which was probably 80000 data points across educators students parents all that kind of stuff what was really really evident is that why are we taking this math teacher who's absolutely brilliant at what they do and we're really shoving it down their throat why 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 do you need to do that instead of saying that i want to invest tons of money training an it person a hindi teacher an english teacher they're not an it teacher right they're not a computer teacher that's for sure why don't i just put an teacher's assistant there who probably even financially is a cheaper resource than training all these teachers in a skill that they hardly use whatsapp a lot of them right we're talking about senior teachers who've been there around for 30 35 years are they supposed to focus more on mathematics or the subject matter and the sheer fact you know this very well of when you're trying to deliver a same outcome in a different modality there are a whole bunch of other challenges right not even worrying about is my screen share working do i need is the powerpoint made right you know so what what happened what we saw was in the logistics of 
being able to send the content from this sphere through the stratosphere back to the kid sitting in some other city town we lost the even the content for that matter not to mention the context which is the most important part any kid could get on to youtube and you know figure out the thing about trigonometry or the rules of spoken english they don't need the teacher for that actually so what is the role of the teacher so when we are coming to this piece about intrinsic motivation what was really important for us to understand is what are the drivers of the educators because learning it certainly isn't one of them so when you dive into a journey where you understand this particular educator's drive is actually the the child walking away with a wow of saying you know what i really didn't think i could get this and when they see that happiness on the child's face that's their driver now if i were to approach even training i'm not even talking about personal mastery as a journey even if i would approach training of skills from that perspective the person is a lot more open and acceptable of why they need to do what they do because we found educators to be in about the same place of saying why am i doing this is the same question a child you know reading french revolution and saying why am i doing this so the same similar you know that piece was so heightened in the covid times right the early stages of covid of this training so what was really important for us was to understand the intrinsic drivers of these educators and they're not the same right they're different for each person once we were able to identify those it was a walk in the park it was very easy to design a journey for them which focused around intrinsic motivation because if we take daniel pink for instance and he does that whole candle in, in experiment and he does a few things and we related it even to outdoor education or classroom education if the idea was to churn the number of students that go through your zoom screen or your physical classroom whichever way it is and every teacher was told you'd be paid 1000 bucks for every kid that comes through the screen a very different kind of content would have been delivered and the quality of it would focus on something else let's say questioning for sure would go down because questioning from a student is waste of time i want more students to go past this right it's like in certain organizations which are basically adventure recreation the idea is how many people have gone down the rock and you'll be paid 100 bucks for every kid who's gone down the rock very similar you know apple to apple comparison from that perspective so you're paid 100 rupees for every kid who's gone down the rock 1000 rupees for every child who's gone through the lesson plan if that's the focus then i am not having some conversation and here are some of those conversation i don't know sir i am not understanding this i don't know sir i'm really scared i'm going to quit this is useless by the way these are the most important conversation for any educator for helping the student to get to that place of saying i can i can do this now this requires both time and skill and it requires a certain intention to be able to deliver that piece right intrinsic motivation is what will allow them to have this conversation because this conversation is both a skill based thing and an intent based thing you need to have the skill to have that conversation but you certainly before that you need to have the willingness to have that conversation and if the intrinsic motivation piece hasn't been tapped into for that educator whether they're on a rock face or inside a classroom it doesn't matter that will not happen it will become transactional in nature 
and it yes and then it it's all about whether they climb down or not or can they add two and two or not so intrinsic motivation for any educator regardless of their subject matter the reason why it's important is because creativity lies in that conversation it's not the same for every student just like my chemistry teacher found me in a motor mechanics lab to be able to teach knocking what does that really mean and that it's a chemical process even though you love doing things with your hands sir up this is chemistry right now fuel combustion now if an educator wants to find the learner where the learner is and one of the rules of experiential education is begin where the learner is for that to happen it has to be something that irks them inside and that inside is the intrinsic motivation it can't be the salary and i think i can say this for a good number of educators that i know that they're not i mean everybody needs money i get that or whatever money buys but they are a good portion of them are there because they're passionate about what they do and what they do is to help the student along it's really not about math or hindi or motor mechanics so yeah that's why i think it's really crucial hmm and what about organizations what happens when they begin to look at this as a possibility for their teams and their employees so here is why i'm a terrible sales person okay <laughs> and i'm probably going to drop sales for for some other people also in this process but see every time we outsource things what we really are doing is saying that my own team itself cannot deliver the softer and you know by softer we don't consider it to be important but it's probably more important they are not able to be human that's how i hear it i may be wrong there and and i apologize uh, i do this for a living you know so i i understand that the intent is not to disrespect the amazing people who are doing this fantastic work by going into organizations or the organizations that are standing up and saying hey this isn't working for us we need external help it's great but is that what we want the final outcome to be that's my only question because if this is a genuinely a journey if life is actually a journey then what you're saying at some point i need to be able to imbibe whatever an external person is doing for me in myself otherwise all i'm saying is today's xyz company which is my crutch and tomorrow it's another company and the reasons for selecting the companies have actually almost never anything got to do with the journey itself but that's a whole other process so for me it's great that organizations are paying more and more attention to the need of things like building your personal mastery right or 21st century skills or social emotional learning for adults it's absolutely needed however i think it stops halfway and the reason why it stops halfway is because you outsource it the objective is to build a culture it's not to just build a skill of how to have this conversation it's really important i mean i i want to emphasize that piece that what's really important is that the skill is being built it's really important but at some point we have to just like any rocket that's going up into the stratosphere and beyond it decouples itself with whatever is holding itself back and in a sense so do outsourced things so if the objective of the organization is to build a culture then that journey will look very different from day one one it won't be three days now to start with it can't be an offsite of saying that we'll go away somewhere so that we are highly effective here 
that itself does not work for me as far as my i'm not saying don't go away somewhere i'm all i'm saying is please continue it when you come back because after that if you're back in the same environment the whole point about personal mastery is to be able to thrive in your environment and a lot of times you would have heard on, on an offsite per se people will tell you participants will use these words and say but you know when we go back to real life i mean as if first of all these three days aren't real life but but more importantly that when you go back to real life that whole transference piece will only work if the intention is and the design is talking towards that but when the moment you compartmentalize it and say i am paying you for these 5 days well please don't pay me for the 5 days i mean pay me to take you through this journey which is ideally at least a year long and that costs a lot of money and i understand that from an organization perspective having been on the other side of hiring people from the outside but the intent should be to build that skill in house and then hopefully in each individual somebody was talking to back in bangalore actually says outsource work but don't outsource thinking and <laughs> so i found that a very interesting frame i want to go back to that example that you spoke to which is you know when sometimes people are in a training experience or a workshop experience and then they say but when we go back to our real life right and i have personally encountered a lot of that when we are working with teachers actually right so the workshop environment emphasizes on fun uh, there's a lot of focus on building a relationship with the student uh, there is a lot of focus on uh, allowing for questions and embracing failure and then when they go back to a school environment then the school environment is saying deliver curriculum by this deadline and then they seem to be caught in this tussle so between working with educators and you know and and this hurdle that seems to come up whether it's for a even an organization or whether it's uh, you know uh, teachers uh, you know going through this journey there's always this sense of doubt or skepticism that when these folks or for example folks like you exit the system then what happens how does one sustain it have you encountered those kind of questions and have you had responses to those kind of questions yes so short answer yes absolutely we have and those questions come more from the participant then they come from the ones who've actually given you the work because the ones who've given you the work like i said were are already already looking at it as a piece that they wedge into the current system right and they know at some point this needs to be pulled out and hopefully the pie still will complete itself however when we approach it as a training we leave out a lot of this school environment if i were to call it right if you if you look at the school environment whether it's day school or boarding classroom is actually a really really small part of that environment an average teacher would spend probably about 8 to 10 hours in the school if you're in a boarding school then you're spending 24 hours right there so a lot more complicated in a in a sense yeah now if you were to even go with the day school space an average teacher would have five periods in a day right so they're typically not inside the classroom for more than 3 hours but they still have an 8 9 hour day what's going on in the other hours the training does not talk about those training usually will pick up classroom management and they'll t- talk about skills of classroom management creating a caring classroom things like that 
but they're not saying how do you deal with the principal what to do with the hod what do you do when unreasonable deadlines happen a good number of teachers especially cbse schools will tell you that there is more reporting than there is teaching our training is not talking about how to deal with the stress of the reporting if we want to make our educators logistically driven admin people then we just hire the wrong set of people for that job that's ideally not what they were hired for especially a bed in india doesn't teach you to do that so the expectations they came with versus the job they're doing very very different right and teaching is just a very small part of what they do at best a third of their day and that's why training does not stay the importance of it the delivery of it the impact of it doesn't stay long enough because now here's a just imagine there's just a third of you is busy fighting with the other two third of you chances are reasonably high that the third of you will lose because there are a lot of people who are in the school environment human beings who are not in the training so even if you were passing on values around how do you work with colleagues how do you manage conflict and so on and so forth what do you do about the other person who doesn't know how to do it and still going it's not their fault because they you never put them to training right and if you ask most teachers their issues are less with peers more with head of department the purser's office the accounts office uh, how do you get your projector working you know th- that kind of stuff actually they love what they do as an educator right so that's not the problem yeah they love their children they work with so that's not the problem either their piece is that if i don't finish this fast enough i have to still write that report about this kid and send it in the board is asking me for and you know all those things so and but the training is not addressing that at all so there that other two third human self comes in and destroys the one third that you were working at and i think that's where a, a lot of the issues the transferability gets lost because of it awesome as we near the end of this conversation sir i like you to talk a little bit about the organization you started i'm very curious about the name by itself and what does it mean what is this organization setting out to do and how do people come and find you so the name is a bit of a mouthful it's entendido a lot of people confuse it and call it nintendo entendo and you know a lot of other funny names i'm perfectly fine with it believe it or not it took about 2 minutes for me to come up with the name you know as in to to come across it let me put it that way why i was so quick was because i knew what i wanted to do that's the why part i think i am I really understand and value what Simon Simonic's work is doing around the Upaya piece, right? And our scriptures, Upanishads, Vedas have been talking about the importance of a human being's why to be a lot more important than what. And they've been saying it for years and years, right? I certainly wasn't listening. But here, I mean, Simon Simonic got my attention, and the why for me is to understand to. intentionally understand another person and that is the ethos of what entendido does entendido is a spanish word and it literally means to intentionally understand and its synonym in a way is comprende as in i understand so that is what the organization is about it is about saying we will do everything we can in our power to understand you before even possibly creating the mirror for you and it's not a one size fits all i know that every organization says and probably most of it deliver it that way that it is not a one size fits all approach 
it's certainly not better than anybody else out there for sure the only thing that i hope that i can stay with is that i will not deliver a proposal ever till i have actually understood what people need and i'm okay for it to let go and that's fine with me right because i don't have a ready proposal and that happens really often right because when you say how do people reach you till now it's been through word of mouth in fact for almost a year and a half if you go to entendido.org you'll see this clock that says under construction i mean i think it's taken more time to construct than almost any builder in in gurugram would have ever taken to build a place but and then it finally happened in 48 hours and still work in progress like like everything else that i would do so you'd find me simply through a whatsapp message or you know or the website itself but sarabjit at entendido.org is the easiest way to kind of connect or the phone number is the easiest thing i hardly ever to be very honest go on to the website because i think it's still not saying what i really wanted to say and that's a skill that i don't have to do that so i just hope that i'm able to stay true to the ethos of why we started this i don't want to be a one size fits all approach i certainly don't want three day five day journeys i don't take them on i, I honestly just say no and i don't have the skill to deliver anything of quality and that's my skill i know that a lot there are a lot of people do brilliant work in 3 days i would only invest myself into long term journeys and i genuinely believe that if you want long term impacts you need to invest in long term interventions they don't work short term stuff for me they don't work at least my research background says that that it don't doesn't my education background says that it doesn't whether when i was teaching at a university or whether it's working at an organization or now when i'm starting my own stuff repeatedly it comes back to me that if you don't invest in understanding people who are the most important resource there is for any organization on earth right regardless of what you do then you're really really missing it out on a lighter note at this point i'm tempted to ask you are you more an more like an entrepreneur or are you more like a facilitator but i will park that question for now i am curious sir do you have a closing comment for anybody who's listening uh, and you know most people who are listening are from the space of education nonprofit sector coaches and a uh, lot of lot of uh, teachers by themselves so any closing comment that you want to leave with them in context of the science of personal mastery i guess for me what's really important is what i was saying earlier the importance of pausing so regardless of whether you end up with an organization that's taking you through a journey or not you yourself are taking yourself through a journey and so it's really really important i think that if you were to just find the time to pause a little bit in whatever form you know you you could be a painter you could be a singer you could be somebody who likes to take a walk go for a run whatever it is that you do that allows you to be with you you know you need to start loving your own company to actually start introspecting well enough and when you do that i think you're already there you're, you're on the journey itself so if on a regular basis we could find ways to just pause listen to ourselves and say because no one else is watching at that time right? and say to yourself honestly is this what i intended and if there is a gap between your intention and the impact then maybe just you know just try if if it's your ego that's stopping you or if it's whatever other form of hesitation that's stopping you to alter your behavior your action go for it because the feeling of going and changing what you have done post introspection is really powerful 
I think it it is probably the best form of dopamine injection possible because you really feel good about yourself that I had the cognizance to stop, get off my white horse, do the right thing. If that is if you've done something that requires correction. But even if that hasn't happened with you, just the pause reflection it really does help us calm down and say hey, you know what yeah i know not everything is perfect but life is still great regardless of all that is happening in our life everyone's got stuff going on in their life but that's what life is right so just pause you don't necessarily need an organization to come in and do that for you those are just tools like i said so yeah pause relax and spend some time with yourself wonderful I think for me in this process of interview one big thing that I'm taking away is the focus on the why as opposed to the focus on the what I think that's the big thing that I'm taking away from this conversation it has been such a treat uh, Sarav to meet you after so many years and to have this conversation I'm really grateful for the time that you've spent thank you for being on doing being doing thank you it was it was really lovely to be here